Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. You didn't know you were going to get some skills today. You learn how to do that. You can do a lot of things. And, uh, it, but we encourage you to get those stickers, put them on your cars. Now, this is just a small part of everything we're trying to do to fulfill the vision that we shared with you last week. We talked about a vision narrative. If you didn't get the vision narrative, they are on, uh, they're available out in the lobby, and we encourage you to grab one and just see what's next for the next four to five months of vision that we have for Journey Church. At Journey Church, what we do is vision is the next step for us, and we want everyone to be involved in helping that vision happen. Part of it is just getting our name out there, getting our name out in our cars, getting our name. Now, if you put your, our name on your car, you know what that means, right? You've got to drive like a Jesus person. Um, <clears throat> and we all know that Jesus would just drive crazy in this world today, so enjoy yourself. But um, uh, fulfilling the vision and uh, using those car stickers. And I just want to encourage you, if you do want or desire or are thinking about leading a group, a journey group here at Journey Church, we, uh, everybody goes through this training. And just encourage you to show up tonight at 6.30. You could sign up in the lobby and let us know that you're coming and uh, we would love to have you be a journey group leader. And so um, that, it's going to be a great time. And I enjoy looking, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you this evening at 6.30. And so I think most of the football games, at least the important ones, will be done. Um, the Seahawks will have already won, beaten the 49ers. <clears throat> and, uh, huh? No? All right. There's a, some enemies in the crowd. All right. I like that. I like that. There's a, there's a. A partner in crime right here. Uh, Seahawks are going to win. We beat Russell Wilson last week, and it's a good thing. And everybody has a right to be wrong. And so you're good. All right? We said this last week. We'll say it again this week. Um, Called people live with a singular focus and an unwavering resolve to accomplish a mission. Let's read that again. Called people live with a singular focus and an unwavering resolve to accomplish a mission. The series that we're in, and we started last week with Call to Follow, we are all called to follow Jesus. Not called to follow Pastor Ricardo, not called to follow anybody else, but we're all called to follow Jesus. And if there was anything I was to ever say to you to follow me, it would be follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said that to his disciples, and we can say that to each other, but follow me as I follow Christ, and hopefully um, you'll end up just simply seeing Jesus. That's my hope and prayer. But we are called to follow. And, and that's an unapologetic call to follow. There's no other option. There's, there's no other value that Jesus put on following other than saying, come and follow me. And if you have any other agenda, well, then you can't follow me. Right? I mean, it was serious. It was, it was down to earth. It was real that following Jesus is either follow him or don't. It's basically it. And if we don't do that, then we are not worthy of going in the path that Jesus has for us because we're not going to follow that direction. We have to be all in to following Jesus. And today we're going to talk about called to serve. Last week called to follow unapologetically. Jesus said, follow me. And, and I will make you fishers of men. He called the disciples. He called different people. Those that had other agendas, he said, I'm sorry, but you can't follow me if you're not willing to give it all up and follow me. Put me first. 
Today we're going to talk about being called to serve. And I know that what may have happened already, the tension that we feel when we talk about serving is, is the two things that t- tend to come to our attention is time. I don't have the time to serve. I don't have the time to give to, to do something other than what I'm already doing. I have all these things going on. And I don't have time to serve. Or the other is I'm not talented. I don't have anything to serve with. And both of those are wrong perspectives. They're bad. They're theologically terrible. God doesn't tell us to serve without the understanding that we have time and he will give us time. And we have talent. He's already designed us to be a part of the body. And the, the reality is, and what we're going to hear today, is that there are no bench warmers in the church. Amen? Okay. I heard this this morning, and I, I, I want to encourage you. You're allowed to say amen. Okay? I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to prompt you, and there may be an occasion where I'll amen myself if I have to. But we have to be in agreement. We have to be in agreement. And so um, what is the tension about serving? Time. I get it. We're all busy. We're all doing different things. We're all, and it's easy for you, you, you say, well, you pastor, you, you do this all the time. Well, I'm busy too. But, you know, we're, we all have things to do for Jesus. And, and <clears throat> that, that time must come first, not, not leftover time. And this is so important in our lives that we put Jesus first in everything when we follow him, when we serve him. Right. And talent. Most of us think that we're not sure about our talent, not sure about our gift, not sure about our ability. Um, we have to give everything we've got to discover that. Now let me say this, and I hope that you write this down or you think about this, you put it on your refrigerator, tattoo it on your forehead, whatever you have to do. <clears throat> we are never more like Jesus than when we are serving God and others. Remember that statement. We are never more like Jesus than when we are serving God and others. The goal, the passion, the heartbeat of everything we do here at Journey is to model our lives to be like Jesus. We have a strategy. We talk about we meet, we model, we mingle, and we merge. We meet together like this for inspiration. We, we model our lives after the life and likeness of Jesus. We mingle in groups so that we can learn to live and share life together in faith. And we merge into the lives of those that don't know Jesus. And so the model part is what this is all about. We are to become like Christ. And when we are never more like Christ than when we are serving God and others. Because when we're doing that, that's what Jesus did. And he encouraged us to do it. Now, there's two kinds of serving. There's two kinds. There's servitude, and then there's service. Servitude is a a, a term that you would use in a slavery context. And I am not endorsing slavery today. That would not be an appropriate um, (laughs) thing. But there is a, a, a kind of commitment to what we have in Jesus that is a servitude. We are obligated to serve. And you'll find that out in just a moment. We're obligated. It's like Jesus, it's like when somebody rescues you, they, they dive across the road and, and they, they tackle you and they, t- they drag you out from in front of a, a bus that's coming your way. 
And you look at them and go, man, I owe you my life. Well, that's Jesus. That's it right there. It's a servitude. It's an it's a obligation to something that Jesus has done. If we realize and we take a moment and think about what Jesus has done in our lives and he's, he's rescued us from a, the death, hell, and the grave, why wouldn't we look at him and go, what do you want me to do? I owe you my life. I owe you everything. That's servitude. And then service is this ability to take what we have, our, our talents, our skills, our time, all of that, and we serve others with it. We put a towel over our arm and act like a server, a waiter, a waitress, how, whatever term you want to use, and we begin to find out what the needs are of the people that are out there, and we meet those needs, that service. Servitude is doing that because of what Jesus has done for us. And we feel obligated to, to model our lives after Christ so that we can go do and serve the needs of the people that are around us. So servitude and service are key points to remember in this whole context. We are slaves to Christ and we are servants of him to others. Does that make sense? Good. So here we go with the hard message. The focus of our loyalty will be the focus of our servitude and service. The focus of our loyalty will be the focus of our servitude and service. Listen to this. Jesus, when he was tempted by the enemy, said this. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. So the devil was asking Jesus to bow down and worship him, and he would, he would give on, on the condition that if Jesus did that, he would worship the devil, that he would give him the, the world. He would give him all the riches of the world, everything that, and what does Jesus say? Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. That's a really good statement to remember. For it is written, worship the Lord your God. Worship the Lord your God. And what does he say next? And serve him only. So worship is an act of service. Worship the Lord your God and serve him or give yourself only to Christ. And in this context, we have to realize that what we give ourselves to or what we give our loyalty to or what we give our worship to is the very thing that we're giving our servitude or our service to. So let me ask you this question today. What do you give most of your energy to or what do you give your service to? What are you working for most? When you're going through the day, why are you going through the day and doing what you do? Are there obligations that you have that you have had to meet or loyalties that you've decided to keep in order to, and, and, and those loyalties drive what you do? Is that making sense? What we give ourselves to is what we are going to serve. And Jesus was fully aware of that. And Jesus said to, to the enemy, get away. First of all, I don't, want, I don't even want to hear your voice. But then he says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so it's, it's essential that we have a clear picture of who we are committed to. And what we are giving ourselves to. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says this. He says, no one can serve two masters. 
Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So what are we loyal to? And whatever we are loyal to, we will be serving. Whatever we are committed to. And so that's so important to to realize when you wake up in the morning, do you first think, I'm going to work to pay my bills, or am I going to work to serve Jesus? It's a good question, huh? It's really quiet. Servitude is the kind that says, I owe my life to God because of what he's done for us. My loyalty, my single focus, my my passion, my mission is to do everything that I do to serve the Lord, to serve him and to serve him only, to follow with what Jesus is saying in our lives. Who or what is the object of our loyalty? This is where we will find our service. What do we give all of our energy to or most of our energy or some of our energy to? Hopefully, it's all for the sake of Christ. Secondly, Jesus calls us to serve, not sit. Jesus calls us to serve, not sit. Let me make sense of this. In Mark chapter 10, we find the disciples uh, following Jesus and the the sons of Zebedee uh, are having a problem, James and John. And it says this in Mark chapter 10, verse uh, 35. It says, uh, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What? That's that's a crazy statement all by itself. Uh, And then Jesus kind of goes along with it. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit. I just want you to... Hang right there for a moment. Let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? What they didn't understand is what they were asking. We want to do, we want to go where you are, Jesus. We want to be everything you're going to be, Jesus. We want to sit on your right hand and we want to sit on your left hand. Places of royalty, places of respect, places of, of, of leadership. They wanted position. And they wanted, they were thinking of retirement before they got done with service. We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right hand or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared. So Jesus is saying, hey, you're going you're gonna to die. He's, he's actually prophesying how they're going to die because he knows how he's going to die. He knows the cup he has to drink. He knows the baptism he's going to experience And then when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, okay, guys, listen, listen up, relax. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom 
for many. I think it's so important that we realize that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And that you and I are here to emulate, model, again, going back to our strategy as a church, we're here to model the likeness of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, we are to do everything that he does. You see, greatness is defined by our willingness to serve rather than sit. If you are here to look for a position, a place of authority, a place of respect, a place of all that, then that's not what you are here for. That's not what this church will be about. The culture of this church will be a serving church. Why? Because that's who Jesus is. Now, all of us have roles to play. All of us have places to be. But no place is more important than another because all places are needed and essential to help the church function at its full potential. And so what James and and John are asking for here is a a goofy question because what they really want to do is sit, not serve. They're more concerned about their role and position and how they will be viewed and all these things about themselves rather than the needs of others. Jesus is saying, I want you to understand that we are here to serve, not to be served. Jesus came to give his, his life as a ransom. A ransom. That costs. If you, if you are here to get paid, that's not the plan. Not, and I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about reward. I'm talking about recognition. I'm talking about position. I'm talking about all those things that come along with some place of, 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 uh, of authority. Those kinds of places. All, the, all those places are essential, but they have to be in a servant attitude and a servant motivation. I like what Andrew Murray said. He said this. He said, humility is the only soil in which the graces root. The lack of humility is the sufficient explanation of every defect defect and failure. In other words, when we aren't humble, when we don't express humility, that's when things really go wrong. But when things, when we all are responsive in humility we're all here to serve and we're all here to work together to accomplish one mission that's why we've called this called living a mission focused life when we are all in it together and we're all humble enough to realize that we need each other and when we do that we have the 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 perfect ground for things to grow in but when we get when we make it all about ourselves then that ground just gets hard and it won't grow anything and we just start hitting the ground and it doesn't do anything and it won't go anywhere and it won't accomplish anything. We need to be slaves of all. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And so we, we, we got to be tripping over each other to open the door for each other. Let me get the door for you. No, let me get the door for you. No, you go first. No, you go first. Pretty soon it's a fight and it's a brawl. You get through the door. I'm just kidding. I think what's really powerful here is that if we realize no position of humility changes our standing in Christ. It simply elevates the reality that Jesus loves those around us. In other words, being humble, serving, doesn't lower us. It only elevates Jesus. 
That's the power. When we get involved, when we give ourselves, when we give our time, our talent, our treasure, whatever we're doing to serve, it, not, it doesn't lower us. Oh, I'm no longer what I should be. I'm not getting the recognition. No, it elevates Jesus. It elevates Jesus. And that's such a powerful reality. And when we begin to understand that, we become great in the kingdom. Not in anybody's eyes, but Jesus. That's what's important. Because when Jesus recognizes our servanthood, that's what's going to change the world. And so Jesus scolds James and John and the other disciples who want to be great. And he makes it clear, if you want to be great, you have to be a servant. That's the kind of leaders we'll have in Journey. That's the kind of leaders we will be because that's who Jesus is. And when we decide to do that, when we decide to express that, God will bless it and he will pour out his blessing. And like Andrew Murray said, the humility is the only soil in which the graces root, the graces, the gifts, the, the, the talents, the abilities that we have. When we begin to serve with them, then they grow. And they become a really important part of our own individual life as well as the life of the church. And I'll tell you, people don't want to come to a proud church. People don't want to come to a church that's all about itself. People want to come to a church that is about them and the kingdom and God. And when we're serving God and others, that is the biggest and best time that we reveal Jesus to this world. And so we've talked about simply our loyalty will determine where our service will be. And we've talked about Jesus calls us to serve, not sit. And lastly, Serving is a call to follow the example of Jesus, which I've already mentioned. And he makes it super clear in one of his last meetings with the disciples. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I love that statement. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Now listen to this verse four, verse three and verse four. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. What? Listen to that again. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Jesus was, had all authority He's the big man. He's the top. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. He's going back to heaven. So he goes, I'm all, it's all about me. Is that what he said? No. He got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, which is a, a very humbling experience. If I were to do that right now, I would be very humbled. And you would be, you would need therapy. <laughs> so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. What? The person who knows that he is all things, the person who knows that he has all power, the person who knows that he is returning to God, the person who knows that he is a perfect man wraps a towel around his waist and washes 
the disciples' feet. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, you, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Why? Because Peter understood that this was the role of not even a Jewish person, but a Gentile that would clean the feet of the guest of the house. Jesus was doing something completely humiliating, completely uh, lowering himself. In the eyes of the people that were watching, he was doing something that he should not have been doing in, in the context of his title. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. I think it's so important that we understand that it's okay to be served. It's okay to let Jesus wash us. It's okay to let Jesus work in us and do the work that we cannot do ourselves. Then, Lord... Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Give me a bath. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. He's talking about Judas. For he knew who was going to betray him. That, is, <clears throat> that was why he said not everyone was clean. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, no messenger is greater no messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I find it fascinating that Jesus knew who he was and had no issue bowing down and washing the feet of men. Why? Because none of that changes who he is. You see, us serving people doesn't change who we are. Like I said, it doesn't change that we're a child of the king. It doesn't change that we are, are born of God and that we are now his kid. None of that changes anything. What, what changes is us. We become someone who is, is more like Jesus than ever before. Why? Because we're now serving in the name of Jesus and we're exemplifying who he is to this world and how much he loves this world. When we take those bags, by the way, Take the bags. If you've already given, given them out, take more. There's lunch bags. There's hygiene, uh, hygiene bags. And take them and give them. I had the joy of praying with a, a gentleman on, on the sidewalk the other day, giving him a bag and giving him lunch. He didn't want the hygiene stuff. Um, I wanted to suggest that he needed it, but I didn't. And he took the bag and I prayed with him. You know, it's just a cool experience. And do that more. Do Take those bags and use them. They're just leverage points to have a connection with people out there. 
Jesus knew his position and his power. What Jesus knew determined what Jesus did. You see, what we know is that we're children of the king. And the, the best way to act like a king in the kingdom of God is to serve. Is to serve. We're children of the king. A position of servanthood doesn't change that. We're destined for heaven. The best thing we can do is serve others with that news. Some say humility is how you think about yourself. True humility is that you don't think of yourself at all. Did you hear that? Some say humility is how you think of yourself. True humility is that you don't think of yourself at all. You're thinking of others. That's the power of this. What model are you following? Who are you becoming like? Who are you like right now? And how can you adjust your life to become more like Christ? Yes, it's motivated from the inside. It's motivated from who we are in Jesus and who we are in Christ and who we're following. Our loyalties will determine our, our, our service. Where is your loyalty today? We're called to serve. We're called to, to, to identify our loyalty and make sure that that loyalty is who we're serving. We're called to serve, not sit. There's no bench warmers in the kingdom of God. The reward comes later. Right now, it's work. And I'll unapologetically tell you that it is work to serve the Lord. It's energy. It's, 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 it's emotional. It's physical. It's spiritual. It's financial. It's all of those things. But there's not a regret when you're putting your treasure in heaven. Amen? <clears throat> no one retires in the church. You hear that? Seniors? We call you classics. Classics tend to get put away, polished up, and put in a protected environment. Not you. If you're a classic, a journey, you get to get dirty. We're going to put you out front. We're going to honor you. But there's no retirees in church. The tension is time. The tension is talent. How do we serve the Lord? I can't tell you how. I can't tell you what you're supposed to do. I can tell you that what we need to do is discover who we are and then do what God has called us to do. If you're sitting, get up. Not like literally. But if you're sitting figuratively, if you're sitting and you say, I gave all my time, I gave all my energy, I, gave, I did all that, stop that. Get moving. Because those that sit, rot. Those that sit, rust. Those that sit, get stiff and ache. And you don't have to literally wash feet, trust me. You won't see me literally wash feet because I think it's irrelevant in today's world. But we do need to wash the feet by serving the needs of others. And when we do that, we're going to see God do some powerful, powerful things. Are you serving today? You're called to. We are called to. Every one of us, we're called to serve. We're called to do something for Jesus. Let's figure what it is and let's do it and do it with all our heart, 
all our energy, all of our strength, and we will see God do amazing things. Amen? Amen. Amen. God, we thank you that you've called us to serve. We thank you that you've called us to follow you. And Lord, we will do that today. We commit as a church to do everything we can to serve you and to serve those around us. You tell us that the greatest commandment is to love you and to love others. And Lord, we will do that by serving the needs of, of those around us. We will do that by emulating your example of washing feet and doing everything it takes to humble ourselves and get down on our knees and be willing to serve those around us, no matter what it takes. God, I pray for those that, of us that, that desire to sit. Lord, I pray that you help us to get off that chair and to start moving and doing things for you so that we will not grow stiff as a church, that we will not grow irrelevant, that we will not be a church that just calls ourselves Christian but doesn't example the very nature of who Jesus is. Help us to become more like you. Help us to example what you want us to do. Help us to be what you, want us, uh, what you exampled us uh, for us. Lord, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit right now would give us a desire, a hunger, a thirst, and wide open eyes to the needs of our community so that we can make a difference in this world. Forgive us, God, for, being, for wanting the reward but not wanting the work, Lord, that comes with being a child of the King. We realize it's, we're not working for our salvation, but we are serving you and doing everything we can to bring you and elevate you to this world. And I pray that you help us do that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, the first thing you need to know is Jesus served you by dying on a cross for you. He died on a cross so that your sins could be forgiven and that we could repent of our sins. We could turn away from the things that we're doing that displease God and turn towards God. And so we can confess our sins. We can say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. And I commit to repent. I commit to turn from my sin and walk away from it and follow Jesus. And we will follow him all the way to the resurrection that we must believe in to have eternal life. And so today I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, will you just pray this prayer after me? And then let us know that you made this decision today. Dear Jesus, Forgive me of my sin, for I've made mistakes. I've done wrong things that have separated me from you. And today, Jesus, I need the forgiveness of my sins. And I repent. I will turn away from my sins and walk towards you. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. And that today I am promised eternal life because you rose from that grave. And today I will live with you forever. And I thank you for that. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.